Hi, and welcome to another episode of Grid and Grace Leadership Talks with myself, Kate Taylor. I am so excited to have a special guest with me today. Uh, Her name is Amanda Tipping. She is the General Manager of Pink Elephant Support Network. It's a charity that's close to my heart personally because of my journey um, with what I've been through, but also I think it's something that can relate to a lot of women. So I've got Amanda with us today. I'm going to ask her some amazing questions about her journey and her career, how she's got to where she is, and share about our heart behind this cause and what the charity is all about. So welcome, Amanda Tipping. Hi, Kate. How are you going? Hi. Thanks for coming on today. I'm very excited to have you today. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's so amazing that we get to connect like this. Um, We've obviously been in touch quite a lot through social media and then over the last year with uh, business connections and collaborating and charity stuff. So it's really exciting to have you on today. Yeah, no, thank you. And we have met face to face, which I can't say for many of the people within my working life because uh, remote working these days and everyone located across Australia, but I've been very fortunate to meet you personally, which is so great. I know you're amazing coming to my 10 year of business, Taylor Care's business event. So that was really exciting, our anniversary. So very special milestone in business and I'm glad you could be part of it. Oh, thank you. So um, I've got obviously a few questions for you uh, and I would love it if uh, you could share with everyone what you do as the general manager to start your day with success. What's your kind of daily morning routine that you get up to? Yeah, no worries. And look, I mean, if I'm honest, I'm sure many people would agree not every day is set up for success. Um, I'm a working mom and my husband travels extensively for work. So most mornings we just kind of go with the flow. Um, I am very lucky and fortunate that my role is remote. So my home office, so I don't really have to travel far. It's dropping the kids off to school five minutes down the road and coming back and being able to um, sit down and have a cup of tea in peace with the cats before the day starts. But I do try and do, uh, yeah, it is nice. Um, I do try and do um, some group fitness um, training in the morning uh, just down at the beach. And in the warmer months, I did start to jump in the ocean after a training session, which for me, if anyone knows me well, and my husband will attest to this, um, I'm not a water baby in any way, shape or form. Okay. myself to get in and just that almost rebirthing of um, the mind and body and soul um, after having a really good workout and just going under the the water and coming out um, really set me up for the day and I really actually miss that in these cold months look I know I could get in the ocean still but it's not gonna happen (laughs) no no, no, crazy crazy but um maybe (laughs) not really no um once I get the school I I try not to have meetings until around 10 a.m most days because I like to kind of um, do my prep in the morning and really set myself up for success I I know there's a lot of people who are morning people but um, I'm probably not one of them. So yeah, that's me. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so important. I just um, have gone for a morning swim this morning at the gym, was feeling a little tired, tried to go to bed a bit earlier so I could exercise before work. Uh, but when I do, I feel so much more energetic and I always feel better for it. Like it sets you up in the right mindset for your day, doesn't it? hundred percent, hundred percent. And you kind of just have to force yourself to, to get to that point. Um, and it yeah. is all about creating um, positive habits as well. So yeah, we, we get yeah. there and look, we don't, you know, succeed all the time, but just no. as long as we try, then that's all we can do. I, I try a few days a week. <laughs> yeah, good on you. You're doing better than me sometimes. <laughs> oh, 
So obviously uh, you've been on a journey um, being a career mom and juggling everything and getting involved with Pink Elephant. Um, I'd love to know your kind of career path and what got you into um, the charity sector and obviously working your way up recently to the general manager position. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, so I... I feel extremely fortunate, um, I just want to say, in my career to date. Um, not saying I haven't worked hard for what I've got and where I am now, but I just feel like a few milestones are probably that kind of right place, right time, or the universe is just aligned for me. So I'm really grateful um, for that. Um, I guess if I go back to my uni days, I studied um, a Bachelor of Communications uh, in okay. PR marketing at the University of Canberra and held yep. down between two and three casual jobs while studying. And one of those wow. casual jobs was, um, yeah, and I still, I, I lived at home as well, so I didn't need the money, but it was just that, I guess, drive for keeping busy. Um, yep. But one of the casual jobs I had was working for an organisation called the Institute of Chartered Accountants in Australia. So they're the membership body for chartered accountants, uh, yeah. known as Chartered Accountants Australia New Zealand. Um, so it was a casual event administrator role and I pretty much just went along to various venues around Canberra and registered people for their monthly tax update. How exciting was that? Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, it actually got me interested in event management and things like that. So I, when I moved to Sydney, I actually applied for a role at Chartered Accountants for a full-time job and got a job there as an event coordinator. Um, and so for the next 15-odd years, um, which it kind of makes you know me feel old that I was there for that long, but I, I know that, that just that stability was really good as well. But for around 15 yeah. years, I had about half a dozen or so um, different roles within Chartered Accountants um, and secondments and you know, anything from event management roles to um, secondments into learning and development roles. Uh, and then my last role there was a business operations manager role. But what kind of now leads to the charity aspect? One of the um, things I was extensively involved with um, at Chartered Accountants was working on their workplace giving program. Uh, I was on the steering committee to set up the workplace giving program and I remained on the program throughout the years I was there and was quite connected into one of their um, key charities called Reach Out, amazing charity oh, yes. as well. Um, I did some, you know, city to surf runs with them. I just was their main contact. And it really gave me the insights into the world of charities and what that for purpose organisation could do and the impact you could have. So yeah, wow. that kind of gave me the, the desire to move into that sector. But I also didn't want to leave chartered accountants. So I got the little push I needed um, as my role got made redundant back in 2018. So it was a blessing in disguise, really. Uh, so I do want to mention as well, during this time, the last few years, I also was the director of our own business, which was a car carrying company. Um, okay. We had a prime mover and that went up the coast of um, east coast of Australia, etc. So in terms of like that business acumen and running your own business and yes. um, just the little intricacies with like doing your bass and things like that, that also helped me with where I am now um, too. Um, oh, wow. So back in 2018, when I was made redundant, I actually had a good friend, her name was Kate as well, great name, oh. <laughs> um, who connected me in with this charity and the CEO there, Samantha Payne at Pink Elephants. Oh. Uh, I had a great chat with her and um, Sam had a volunteer role she could give me with a potential to be paid down the track. And I was super excited and keen to start 
But as the world goes, I did get a full uh, four-day-a-week paid role at another charity, which I just couldn't turn down. So Sam and I kind of parted ways for the time being and um, yeah. I still connected in with what Pink Elephants was doing. Uh, so I started a role at Marta Foundation up in Brisbane as their corporate partnerships manager. And Marta is a really large charity in the charity world. Um, they fund um, around, I think they bring in around $100 million in revenue each year. They wow. support the hospitals across Queensland. So really big charity, um, awesome charity as well. Loved working for them. But we moved back to Sydney. Yes, I've moved around a lot. Um, and I couldn't keep working for a Queensland-based charity. So I reached back out to Samantha Payne and oh. sent her an email around late 2020, so during COVID time, and we reconnected. She called me straight away. I think it was like a day or two before Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and she said to me, yeah, we'd love to have you come on board. I did have a kind of mini interview with their um, COO at the time. And uh, I got a part-time role as their partnership director working on their workplace program. Um, wow. So my start at Pink Elephants and, yeah, just progressed working mostly on our workplace giving, uh, well, sorry, workplace support program. And then Sam in 2022 uh, had a beautiful baby, Rose, um, who yes. came into this world and someone needed to kind of run the charity. So I became acting CEO for about eight months of that time that Sam went away and had parental leave. Oh, wow. Massive. Phil, I mean, I know you know Sam too. Big, big yes. issues. Phil. <laughs> um, <laughs> no pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, when Sam returned uh, at the end of 2022, it was kind of a natural fit for me to just, um, I guess, keep my role expanded and I got the new title as general manager. So that's, I guess, my journey to wow. being at Pink Elephants today. And I just absolutely feel very privileged every day um, that I get to um, speak and raise awareness about what we do. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, it's such a cool journey to hear like people that have come from say the corporate world and want to get into the charity space that they could do that too. And, you know, sometimes it involves getting involved with a volunteer program or fundraising or doing an event or something to kind of make your mark, I think, in the space to then be able to go into a role that eventually could get paid, right? So I think um, it's important for people to remember that, that like, you know, if even if you come from the corporate world, you might have worked your way up quite high, but you have to kind of sometimes take a few steps back to go a few steps yeah. forward um, if you want okay. to change industries or professions. So um, it's a good reminder for people to, you know, realise that, you know, you can all work your way up in any field, um, but you sometimes have to take that kind of um, stepping stone roles to get to the role that you're in. So um, that's yeah. really inspiring. Yeah, and no, thanks. And I will, I will just say that it's that um, the flexibility and things that you get, um, you know, when you become a working mum, you kind of, yeah. your priorities might change a little bit. And so you do need to kind of um, take that into consideration too. Yeah, definitely. And I guess that kind of um, brings me to asking around what does uh, Pink Elephant specialise in and why, um, and I guess we can talk about why I got connected with it as well, yeah. but I'd love to hear about, um, you know, you share about some some information about Pink Elephant Charity. Yeah, no, thanks, Kate. Um, so Pink Elephants has been around for about seven years now and we're a charity that 
supports anyone who's impacted by early pregnancy loss. So that's a loss of a baby prior to 20 weeks gestation. Uh, we offer, we're purely digital based charity. So you can access us. Um, the great thing is if you're regional, remote, rural Australia, even anywhere around the world, really, um, you can access our resources. We've got yep. plenty of resources, information, and most importantly, which I know you um, have lots of experience in um, accessing, Kate, um, is our beautiful peer support companion network. Uh, we offer um, access to these individuals through live chat and personalised phone calls and all these beautiful individuals have lived experience of early pregnancy loss as well and they can hold your hand virtually during a really difficult time. Um, I guess just to kind of overlay going back a bit from um, what got me interested in pink elephants too, I've got my own lived experience of early pregnancy loss. Uh, I had to, uh, we had to unfortunately terminate a pregnancy back in um, 2017. Um, Our baby had severe spina bifida. uh, So it's called a TFMR, a termination for medical reasons. Uh, We did go on to, um, thanks for that. Um, We did go on to have our beautiful rainbow baby Frankie, um, which I'm forever grateful for because I know that um, not everyone does get this. But I guess just to have my own personal story, be able to work for such an amazing organisation to once again spread that awareness and um, remove the stigma around it as well. Yeah, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that's the thing. It's like um, sometimes um, our wounds show us what we care about, right? And when we've gone through pain and suffering, it makes us realise what matters and what's important. And creating that awareness um, for a cause that you care about is so important. Um, You know, obviously, as we've connected as well, I've had my own journey with lived experience as well with multiple losses in the last few years. And um, it's been quite a journey for me. And I'm someone that's very proactive in my well-being and mental health. Um, but it rocked me to my core each time. And um, I think for me, it's made me realize that I needed more support than what I had. Um, even though I have a psychologist, I have, you know, I'm an IUK ambassador, so I'm involved with them. I have EAP support there, all of that. But I was like, no, I need someone that specializes in pregnancy loss because I felt like um, no one quite got it, like I like someone that's gone through it. And being able to access the peer support service um, was just amazing for me, uh, especially as I've gone through each pregnancy loss to be able to kind of just book a session on the website um, at a time that suits me. And then someone's available to talk to me. um, I found so invaluable and yeah, I was lucky enough to have one of, um, you know, one of the ladies that was actually training to be a counselor that also worked for Pink Elephant. Yeah. So So that really helped me understand grief and loss, understand why I was feeling the way I was, understand why my husband was reacting the way he did too. And so that, Um, you know, and how friends and family were reacting as well. Uh, You know, we all go through a loss. It's like not just you that's physically going through it, but everyone around you that loves and cares for you is mourning that loss with you. And um, I guess there's not a lot of support around or it's. I feel it's still very taboo topic. So um, I'm, you know, trying to do what I can in my world to raise awareness to this and, and the work of Pink Elephant. And more recently, I did the bereavement support program that you guys also offer, which is a six-week program with a trained counsellor. And I was able to connect with some beautiful women um, all on Zoom. It was like 12 of us, I think, across the yeah. country. Um, so only a few can get selected. But um, we were able to meet every Monday for an hour and a half. And it was just that kind of sacred space to kind of give us that breather and that kind of recognition and kind of time to process our losses and um 
be around other women who've gone through it too, right? So I found that just really powerful to know that we're not alone um, in this journey and that um, we do have a sisterhood of women, whether in the, whether we want to be in the club or not, we're in the club. Yeah, so. You don't have a choice, do you? No, it doesn't discriminate, no. unfortunately. And it is that, no. um, you know, wanting no one to walk um, the journey of early pregnancy loss alone, which you put so beautifully. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. It's like... Um, I didn't. I didn't want to feel alone, so I kind of connect, initially I connected actually with your Facebook group, um, yeah. which has been really helpful um, to connect with women. And then I've actually made some really good friends through that group too. Oh, um, cool. which, yeah. Stay in touch on Messenger, and you know, as we're going for different um, fertility treatments or you know, blood tests Checking or whatever. Yeah. yeah, we kind of message each other and say, "This is what I'm dealing yeah. with today," or "This is and I'm getting ready for IVF or whatever they're doing." Yeah. And yeah. I just find that so powerful to have like two or three women that you know, are a kind of objective but also get what you're going through and are on the journey um, as well that have gone through multiple. Yeah, they're with, right there with you. And, look, you, your partner, your spouse, your whoever, your, you know, family, friends that you're going along this with too, they're there to support you also. But the support of someone who's going through it and had that lived experience and can really get you um, is just a whole other level of support that um, we just find invaluable in our community. Yeah, it's really powerful. I think that lived experience um, lens, I guess, and I and that's why Sam started the charity, right? Because she went through her own journey with this too. And um, I feel like, yeah, it, in the medical world, we're kind of um, like it's kind of dismissed. I believe, I feel, from my experience, um, pregnancy loss. It's like, come on, just get back on the horse, try again. Um, you'll be right. Your body can get going again. And it's like, no, but they have no idea about the impact in your emotional well-being and your mental health and um that's been the thing that's kind of surprised me the most is that i thought after covid and with everyone being so aware of well-being and mental health now right. like how is this so dismissed right. by the medical profession yeah. like and look i will say that there are improvements happening um we've got a long way to go uh but it is really there's there's some that are better than others too like and uh, it's if i go back again to like rural re, regional and rural australia there's um definitely some issues um out there and just in terms of how the medical system works and you know if you do have to for example have a dnc um you know in the medical system and the where you have to be located from the hospital for that to happen within a timely matter and there's there's lots of comp other complications as well but wow. the empathy piece is is huge and um, we need the medical industry to um, understand and the healthcare professionals that they may see um, a number of people who are going through early pregnancy loss um, each and every day. However, to that individual, that was their baby and they, yeah. they're grieving the loss of their baby. Yeah, and I think I often find myself talking to GPs and sonographers <laughs> and yeah. all sorts when I go through <laughs> saying go to pink elephant like yeah, tell your, yeah. your clients if they if they do come and because i think a lot of them don't know kind of what the right thing is to say because everyone processes it differently right like when yeah. you're in shock and you're having that scan and there's no heartbeat like yeah. you know every it's like must be the worst news to have to deliver to someone that was so hopeful for this to be their baby um yeah. and so yeah like and a lot of trauma is linked to even for me going to have those scans now because of the bad news that I've received. Um, and so I'm very sensitive now where I go because I feel like certain clinics were not very sensitive with it and others were. Um, yeah. And to be able to just say, look, I'm sorry for your loss, but here's a service that can help you. Like yeah. 
they it might not. It's so have simple, the right though, doesn't it? It just it it's, it's so, so logical because we've been through it. We understand that that's what's needed. But yeah, there's just so many organisations out there in healthcare practices that don't don't have that. And you know, we we do hope to improve that over the years to come and create that true healthcare referral pathway for yeah. um, those going through loss because they they deserve it. Like you guys deserve it. Yeah, and I think it's so beautiful and, um, like, I was able to, I'm very, you know, proactive, I guess, and looked up, you know, um, services that could help me. And so that's how I came across Pink Elephant. But, yeah, I definitely recommend people, if you have a friend or family member that's going through loss or you're going through it yourself, please check out Pink Elephant website, check out their Facebook group and get connected because you're not alone. Um, This is not a journey you should be suffering on your own or feel, like, shame or isolation about because, you know, it's nothing that you've done wrong. There's no, it's, you couldn't, like your body is doing what it's meant to do in that situation. Yeah. And, you know, um, it, you've just got to be really kind to yourself and give yourself that self-care and love that you deserve um, and, and honour your baby. I think that was the biggest thing with the bereavement oh, program yes. was I'd never had any, I'd never really thought because I lost them all before 12 weeks that I thought, oh, I didn't need to do like a big memorial or kind of acknowledging the losses um, I've had four. And so for me, I was like, um, when I did the bereavement program, they talked about that, you know, and they said, well, what would you want to do to honour your babies? And the thing that came to me was um, to release some helium balloons um, mm-hmm. at the beach into, into the sky um, to heaven and also to write a message to them in a bottle. And I threw that into the ocean. Yeah. And, and that was something really um, symbolic for me and really healing um, to be able to kind of honour them and now I know if I'm missing them, I can go to that place where I release those balloons and remember them. So, yeah, it's it's really beautiful if we can find a way to do that. Yeah, and that, thanks for sharing that. That's really special, Kate. And I think everyone finds their own way of honouring their babies that have passed. And, um, you know, we can help with that too. We've got um, some ideas, I guess, on our website that um, we can share with you. But once again, those joining those Facebook online communities, you get the access to individuals who have been through um, the loss as well and they can let you know like what you just beautifully did, what they did to honour their baby. So, you know, sharing ideas and um, is extremely important. And I, I guess, you know, touching on the statistics around it, I mean, yeah. we believe that it's around one in four or as high as one in three pregnancies um, end in loss, um, an early pregnancy loss. So once again, a loss before 20 weeks gestation. And if we yeah. equate that to some higher numbers, um, that's one every five minutes in yeah. Australia. So already we've been talking for, you know, 20 minutes and that's, you know, that's a number of babies already lost. Worldwide, wow. we're talking around 23 million a year, which is just wow. a incredible statistic, which really, um, yeah, it's it's quite it's quite sad to hear that. And but as you said, Kate, like it's, it's our bodies are, it's no one's fault that this is happening um, and it, it's unfortunate. And, we, you know, there will be medical studies and more research done around in this space in the years to come. Um, but right now we just need to be there to, to support those individuals going through it. And as you brought up before around the stigma and taboo, like we need to, yeah. we need to talk more about it. We need to lean into these conversations and make sure workplaces especially have yeah. the right clear policies in place. Um, to, yes the right support tools because if they don't have that this poor individual that's going through a loss in their grief bubble 
you know, if they walk in and not sure what, you know, do I, do I have to take sick leave or am I allowed to take paid leave? Like what's actually on offer? If that's, that's clear true. and you have the right people leaders in place to, you know, have these right conversations to offer that support, the connection, the validation that they need, um, you know, the the individual's mental health outcome is going to improve. They'll want to come back to work after as well. So there's, there's this massive roll-on effect that we need to consider also about this whole stigma and taboo around early pregnancy loss, especially in the workplace as well. Yeah, no, I think that's really a good point. And I think uh, I would love to know what other like suggestions you might have for workplaces that want to support women like us who have gone through pregnancy loss or going through IVF treatment or, you know, that kind of thing. What um, what things have you seen workplaces do that works really well or any suggestions that you might have for workplaces wanting to know what they can do better um, in this space? Yeah, look, I mean, there's there's lots of things. Um, if I'm cheeky enough to stay like, you know, you, you can reach out, reach out to Peak Elephants. We do have a workplace support program where we've got um, a plethora of um, bespoke licensing resources and content that we can provide okay. to organisations across Australia. Uh, we've got around, I think we support around 160,000 employees currently with the program. Wow. Um, we... Within that, we we run events as well, and we can also offer some policy updating help um, and do some peer support companion training within the workplace. But I guess if, you know, the program is kind of the next step for some organisations, the step before is really about that. Think about those individuals who are going through that loss. If they've shared that with you, they're grieving their baby. If you, for example, have someone in your workplace who let you know that their grandma or grandfather, for example, passed away and you've sent them some flowers or sent them a card or, you know, you're saying to them, I'm sorry for your loss, gave them the validation, do the same thing for someone who's going through an early pregnancy loss. It's not that hard. If someone shares with you that they've had a loss, validate that their loss matters, say you're sorry for their loss, that you're here for them, help them understand what policies, um, what leave is options are in place. In Australia, we've got the Fair Work Act, we've got the two days bereavement compassionate leave that Pink Elephants helped advocate for and get passed um, a number of years ago. So the two days are there for you. We know that's not enough, um, but it's a starting point. And we do see a number of um, large and small organisations across Australia start leading the way with the um, benchmark around what they they offer in the space of um, leave for early pregnancy loss. So uh, research shows that people are wanting between five and seven days paid leave, yeah. compassionate leave. Um, we've seen organisations give up to 12 weeks. Now, we're not expecting any wow. everyone to do that, um, but that in itself just shows that individual that, you know, once again, your loss matters. So yeah. really workplaces, uh, if I can give that, yeah, it's that validation piece is the biggest um, because you're going to have someone returning to work who's felt supported um, yeah. and heard throughout their journey. Other things I can note is around, you know, that flexible working arrangement. Maybe they want to work from home for a little bit because the medical procedure, they, they might need to actually have a bit of time off to rest. Um, there might be some other dates, you know, trigger dates for them that'll come up. So around the, the time that their baby might have been born or the time that, um, you know, around Mother's Day, which obviously we've just had, and we do lots of um, kind of communication around that as well. 
so just think of those dates. If there's going to be a pregnancy announcement that you know is coming up in the team, maybe take that individual aside yeah. who's had the loss recently and let them know and give them yeah. the option to maybe work from home that day or, you know, just really be there for them. Um, and once again, validate and make sure that you know that their loss also mattered. Yeah, it's uh, so important, I think, um, and being that being someone that has been triggered by things when I didn't expect, like actually, yeah, being sensitive to that whole, if you know someone's making a pregnancy announcement, being sensitive, reaching out and um, letting them know a heads up prior because then we can kind of prepare ourselves mentally for when that announcement happens so that we can be happy for you. And, um, yeah, I actually found I had a few friends have babies around the time some of my babies were due and, um, I found it really hard seeing their posts on Facebook and social media. And luckily they're friends that I've known a long time, have known me a long time. So I was able to be honest with them and just say, look, I'm really happy for you, but I'm really struggling right now because that was when I was having a baby too. And um, your baby reminds me of what I don't have now. And so um, I've been lucky that my friends have been understanding, but I think actually being honest with that, like not being afraid to speak up and say that yep. because people are more understanding if you be, come with that place of vulnerability and just share like where you're at um, so that they can support you too and not take it personally that maybe you haven't been present yeah. or send yeah. a present or show that you care because that's not yeah. our heart at all. But it sometimes could come across like that if someone didn't know what you've been through. Um, yeah. yeah. I know when I went through my loss um, and I found out on a Thursday that I was going to have to um, – say goodbye to the baby, terminate the pregnancy. And I, the system I was in, I couldn't do the termination until um, a week later, unfortunately, which, um, and during that time, I went to a first birthday party, I went to a wedding. So I was carrying around this baby that I knew I couldn't keep. And I was very clear and very open with all my friends about what I was yeah. going through. And the support I got was just invaluable. I mean, I, I don't believe, I'm not a believer in the 12 week rules I never was so you know I, I know not everyone is and that's fine that's you know it's, yeah. it's for their own but I felt that the um having that support if I had not let people know that I was pregnant and then had to let them know unfortunately I was and I've lost the baby that would have been a harder conversation for me um yeah so yeah it's, it's once again it's about having that that support circle around you yeah yeah, and I always think, like, tell the people in your world that you would have told anyway if you lose the baby, like, don't before 12 weeks. Like, I always kind of had the rule of thumb of, like, if I was going to tell you anyway, if I if it happened or didn't happen, then I should I'm tell you when I find out. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, like you said, I can't imagine having those conversations with those close family and friends and then them not even knowing you were pregnant and then you're telling me you're having a miscarriage. Like, it was, would be a lot harder, I find, but. Yeah, I guess everyone's in their own journey and some are very private about it. So um, everyone's got to do what's right for them. Um, yeah. And um, obviously um, in the work you do, you're hearing a lot of people's stories um, and and probably at times that must bring up memories and feelings for you as well. How do you keep your well-being and mental health strong so that you can keep doing the work that you do and not get burnt out? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And I think back to a few weeks ago, actually, was um, it was TFMR Awareness Day. And I was on a, a podcast recording for that. And um, it actually was the day 
before I'd found out seven years ago that I had to terminate my pregnancy. So that whole week was a, a massive trigger for me. But, you know, you kind of have to rise above and be there so to help raise that awareness for others. So, yeah, it's... um. It can be hard sometimes and we do hear so many stories. We've got thousands of women in our community and they, yeah. you know, I read, when I get a shared story sent through the website, I read each and every one of them because I need to help that person feel validated again um, and understand their story and, you know, want to share it um, if they want to share it too. But, yeah, I guess um, in terms of uh, mental health and wellbeing strategies, um, we're a very active family. So um, I tr we try not to let each other's schedules impact what any of us need to want or need to do. Um, my husband's yeah. training for his next half Ironman, so his schedule plus wow. his initiative. So he's like, as I said, travels a lot. He's not home much. So with two young kids and juggling that Um I don't let that impact me. I'll happily get a babysitter or a friend to come over and look after the kids if I need to. But I um, I play netball on a Monday night, uh, just a social um, group with women that I just met randomly. So they're not close friends or oh, anything, wow. but that's kind of a nice outlet of from the beginning of the week. Um, I do a beautiful art class with another group of friends who are local. Um, I just finished my first major piece the other week of... My two daughters sitting on a, uh, oh, a yeah, so on the That's jetty. So beautiful, yeah. I used to do art all the time, and I just lost that. Oh. And so now this is that real creative outlet for me. You know, you, you sit, you have your glass of wine, and you chat, and you you paint, and just enjoy the couple of hours of bliss, really. Yeah. Um, and on Fridays, I try and do um, a reformer Pilates session, which is. Uh, there's only a small group that goes, so it's two or three women at any particular time. So you really get yeah. that focus attention. And I think all those three things um, are my kind of key um, vices, I guess, to um, help me physically and mentally through the week. Uh, yeah. The other aspects as well that I do outside of Pink Elephants is that helps me reset is being heavily involved in my school community. Um, yeah. I'm on the PNC for um, I'm the fundraising convener for the PNC. Oh, wow. Um, help out with the canteen where I can. Um, yeah. I attend any all in any school events that happen, um, you know, put my hand up wherever I can for things like that. Um, and it does sound like more work and it kind of is, but it's rewarding in a different way. And yeah. the great thing is, is that Pink Elephants, you know, we know that family comes first. We know these moments you won't get back with your children. So take every moment that you can, you know, go and watch your daughter run cross country or get an award in an assembly and um, yes. take those moments. So that's kind of that that kind of yeah reset moment for me um whether it helps me be a, a good mum in a busier way I don't know but uh <laughs> yeah, try and do our best and the kids are happy and you know life is good we live in a beautiful yeah. part I'm in Kilcare in on the central coast in New South Wales and you know we've got this beautiful lifestyle here um so I can just walk out on my balcony and kind of breathe in the ocean and um kind of reset as well which which can help too but yeah, yeah some weeks are better than others as as like you know life life as it is with for everyone so yeah I know that's great and I think it's such a good balance to have that mum time that work time that health and fitness um, outlet, creative outlet. Um, so yeah, I think it's that mind, body, and soul kind of stuff that you got to get yourself yeah. back to 
time to do. And um, yeah, I take my hat off to any of the parents on those PMC committees because I, I do not volunteer for those things because I know I do not have the capacity. And but I, the women that do, I'm like, you're my godsend. Those WhatsApp groups, I swear, I would not be able to get like know what's going on at what day or what time or what fundraiser is going on if they didn't put it in the chat because that's yeah. just- well look I, I get told I'm like I love a good spreadsheet and um I'm on <laughs> two whatsapp chat groups for kindergarten and year three and I'm the kind oh. of rep for them as well and it, it's um it is like some people go how do you know all this stuff I'm like I don't know and I probably miss things and I do miss things I'm only human but yeah you know, someone, someone's just got to take some time yeah I'm gonna do it anyway so I may as well share it with everyone else <laughs> exactly I know that being organized is the key um yeah. I think to keeping on top of everything organized a- chaos Kate remember that yes. it's organized chaos <laughs> Yeah, I, I know that feeling too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, to finish off, I'd love um, if you have a, a quote for us for anything that, that kind of resonates with you around that kind of grit and grace in life and leadership. Is there a quote that you have? There, There is. I, I do have two. I know that's kind of cheeking, uh, cheating, but okay. um, I, I was thinking about this uh, over the weekend and I... In life, I think the one that um, I've used quite a bit and probably more so for that I'd given new mums, but really it resonates, you know, for anyone when life gets a bit rough and remember that things aren't going to be like this forever is this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that really helped me in the, the early days. Um, as I said, young kids and husband travelling all the time and just, you know, the just life or the chaos that life is. So that was yeah. kind of... Yeah, this too shall pass for that side. Um, In leadership, uh, and I will have to read this quote because I always get it a little bit wrong, but um, I'm sure many many out there have seen the TV series Afterlife um, and there was a quote that um, one of the ladies in there said which just resonated with me a few years ago when I watched it. Um, So it's a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in. Now, for me, that really the impact, knowing that the impact um, of what we do now may not be felt for many years to come, um, just we need to start doing good now. So like with Pink Elephants, I know that some of the work we're working on now, you know, it'll be 5, 10, 20 years down the track before we see true impact. Um, But if we don't do it, then who will? Um, exactly. and someone's going to start. So, yeah, that, that really sit, sat with me, that one. So they're probably the two, not one, sorry, um, that I would share yeah. with the community out there. No, I love that. And I think it's about, yeah, realising that we all can make a difference and create a legacy for the next generation um, and a purpose for what we've been through. Uh, so, you know, anything we can do to, to make a difference um, and help another person so that they can, it has that ripple effect, right? So, um, you know, everyone that we can show kindness and empathy to will mean that they can keep going, you know, when times are tough and, um, you know, and really make a difference in for a purpose. That's what I found whenever I've gone through something in my life, I try and find a purpose for the pain and I believe um, through getting involved with charity work and volunteering and raising awareness, it helps me feel like it's not for nothing. Like I don't want to believe any of the pain I've gone through in my life is for no purpose. Like, And so if I can help at least one other woman not feel alone, then that's what I'll do. And um, and that's why I do 
like be very open about my journey to try and help other women too. Um, and it's amazing once you open up, how many actually open up too? Uh, that it normally is. Yeah. That's what we need though. And I mean, you're a great advocate for pink elephants, Kate, and we thank you for all that you do and the, the kind of conversations you start. And I am sorry that you are part of this club. Um, you know, you're, you're a wonderful individual and we hope all the, all the best for you for the future. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, I really appreciate uh, your time today and this chat. So thank you. Thank you. No, thank you, Kate. It's been, been really eye-opening. Thank you. Only two of them taking a chance